Welcome to Passion Life Church. I want to talk to you about this subject called restore. Everybody say restore. If you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 3, verse 19. Acts chapter 3, verse 19. And we're going to, as you're turning there, this word restore, I, I would say probably within the last, what, five or six years has been a very popular word. A lot of people have built TV shows on restoring houses, flipping houses. I was talking to somebody uh, this last week that said, I was flipping houses. They were taking houses maybe that nobody wanted and restoring them. You know, there's a popular Netflix TV show. I didn't know if you know this, but it's in our backyard right here in Temecula, and they restore cars. It's called Car Masters, Rust uh, to Riches, and uh, the name of their garage is called the Gotham Garage. And right here, right here on Jefferson, they have their shop and they film for Netflix and they will take a car that nobody wants or has the bare bones and then they will restore it. And here's what's interesting to me. They will sell it for a ton of money, even more money than the car was worth when it came out because they restore it. Everybody say restore. And I think it's kind of cool how we can watch these shows and go, man, it's so amazing. And some of these shows, they do the final reveal of the house, right? And it's just like, whoa, it's beyond what we could ever think. And it's just like, it's so amazing. But what happens a lot of times as believers, we don't really realize just because we haven't been taught that actually God is a restorer. God is a restorer. And when we look at houses and cars, it's amazing. But oftentimes we don't apply that to our life, how God wants to restore our life. And he wants to give you back a better version of you than you had before. Can I hear a better amen than that today? And so this whole series is about restoration and recovery, because I don't know about you, but I have suffered some loss in the last two and a half years. Anybody else have suffered some loss in the, in the last two and a half years, the things that have, that have happened? And what I'm believing for in this series in these next three weeks as we launch into Easter, I'm believing that you will actually understand and really know about this promise that we're going to talk about of restoration. And why is restoration so important? Because life can have loss in it. Life can have loss. You know, I've had loss in the last two and a half years. I, it wasn't anticipated. It was something that just happened. And sometimes we can suffer loss in relationships. Sometimes we can suffer loss in our health. Something used to work and then it doesn't work anymore. We were talking about when you get in your 50s, sometimes you get up in the morning and then all of a sudden, like, my knee didn't hurt last night, but now it's hurting. And we don't even know why it's hurting. Oh, yeah, I went up the stairs. I, for, I forgot. Right? But we can suffer loss of health. We can suffer, listen to this, we can suffer loss of opportunities right? Especially in these last two and a half years. And so sometimes this loss that we do experience, sometimes the loss is because of our own bad decisions. Come on. How many of you will be honest? Sometimes it's just because now sometimes the loss had nothing to do with you. It was because you were affected by somebody else's bad decisions. Sometimes it's a combination of both your bad decisions and somebody else's bad decisions, right? And then you, there's synergy there, and then you suffer loss. I think there's another thing that we're going to talk about in this series 
There's another reason why you and I suffer loss, and that's because there's an enemy out there who wants to kill, steal, and destroy from our lives. And this series is about you not only getting back what you had, but God restoring more than before. And that's the title of my message today, More Than Before. Would you say that with me? Say more than before. You know what's interesting is all this time when we were in loss, God is with us. He's standing with us. And his desire is to do more in our life. And I hope that, you'll, that we'll attach our faith to that. Let me set up Acts chapter 3. Have you found it yet? Peter, who we've been following, just got out of the day of Pentecost. And they came out. They were speaking in tongues. And then he preached a message, 3,000 people people got saved. It's amazing what happens when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. A guy who denied Jesus three times is now standing in front of 3,000 people and they all get saved. Then he's walking to church, just walking to church. He didn't even get inside the building. And there was a lame man there that said, hey, um, can you give me something? Can you give me some alms? Can you give me something? He, he hadn't walked, I think, for 38 years. And Peter uh, and John said, listen, silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give to you. Stand up, get up and walk. And um, this happened before the church service. This happened before the countdown even started, before the worship team even uh, started to sing. This happened with the greeters. How many of you know that God can move within, even in the greeters? Right? I love our greeters. They're spirit filled and they want to see miracles just like I do before even people come in the door. And this guy gets up for the first time. He starts walking and then it causes a problem because people start looking at Peter and John and Peter gets up. He's like, don't look at us. You shouldn't be surprised. This is Jesus and him working. And this is what this is. Acts chapter three, verse 19. Peter is, he's talking and he says this, repent therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out so that the times of refreshing, everybody say refreshing. The times of refreshing may come from the presence of the Lord and that he may send Jesus Christ who was preached to you, whom, listen to this, whom heaven must receive until the times of restoration of all things, which God has spoken by mouth of all his holy prophets since the world began. I want you to listen to this last verse in Acts chapter three, verse 21 in the NLT. It says this, it's a different translation. It says, for he, who's he, Jesus, for he, Jesus must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things. Watch this. As God promised long ago through his holy prophets. Today, I want to talk about restoration. And if you're taking notes, write this down. If you're not taking notes, write this down. Here's number one. I'm hoping that you will latch your faith around this promise that restoration is a promise from God. Not many people understand this. Not many people. You may be hearing this for the first time. I went to Bible college, studied the word, and uh, read through the Bibles. But I was in a service like this with my pastor, and uh, he began to talk about restoration. And I had never really thought about this until I really heard how he explained it. It's important that you come to the right church. Can I hear a good amen today? Amen. 
because this promise could have just been overlooked in my life. And when you have a promise that's overlooked in your life, you don't attach your faith to it. And then you won't see the manifestation of that promise. But I want to tell you today, and I hope this makes you happy that God wants to bring restoration to every area of your life, lost opportunities, areas of your health. Come on, somebody. He wants to bring restoration in your family. Listen, he wants to bring restoration in your mind today. All right. Are you ready for this? He wants to bring restoration in your finances. Come on in the bling bling in the ching ching. He wants to bring it all. But guess what? If you don't understand that this is a promise, you won't attach your faith to it. And so in the next three weeks, this is what I'm hoping you'll do. I'm hoping that you'll see this promise. My church family, this promise is all throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New Testament. And we're going to dive into this. Because, see, for some of you, the devil has stolen things from your life. And yet, if you don't understand this promise, you don't understand that the devil not only has to restore the things back, but he has to give you more than you lost. I don't know if you've ever had somebody rob you. I've had it once. I had a Jeep. I had a beautiful Jeep in my 20s in El Paso, Texas, where I lived. And I would pull the... I would pull the, the, uh, the top down and, and uh, I had this nice radio that came with the Jeep, but it was a portable radio. You'd pull it out and put it back in and uh, I would put it in there. One day I, I parked back where our church used to be with some warehouses. So I thought nobody would see it, pulled the, the, um, the radio out, put it underneath the seat. And so I left and did some other things with some of my friends. We were in a band, so we were going to go rock out somewhere. I came back and somebody tore the canvas of my Jeep and then my stuff was gone. I felt so violated. I don't know if you've ever had somebody steal something from you. Man, you feel violated. And you know what I did? I called the cops and I wanted my stuff back. And see, I think sometimes we think in the natural realm, we want our stuff back, but we don't understand the spiritual promise and emphasis that God says the enemy can't take what's not his. But if my children will understand that there's a promise of restoration, listen, not only going to get your stuff back, but you're going to get more than you had before. But it's unfortunate that so many people don't understand this promise. So guess what? They never get their stuff back and they just go on and they just say, well, listen, watch this. Oh, well, I guess God didn't want me to have that. I hear people say that. Can you stop blaming God for stuff the devil does? The Bible says in John 10, 10, that he comes, Jesus comes to give us life and life more abundantly, but the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Pastor Phil, I don't know if it's God. If it has to do with stealing, killing, and destroying, it's the devil. If it has to do with abundant life, it's Jesus. It's pretty simple. Let's not complicate the gospel. Are you here this morning? Hello, hello. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? I think, Inez, I think we need to make the coffee a little darker <laughs> in the lobby. But Jesus had come. He died and rose again. And Peter is now faced with this congregation that's looking at him. And he begins to tell them about Jesus. He begins to say that Jesus ascended into heaven. And listen, listen to this. This is important because we read in verse 21 it says, for Jesus must remain in heaven until the time for the final restoration of all things. The Greek language, the Greek, which is the, the, the language of the New Testament, says this. It says he will remain in heaven. The Greek reads this way. So 
or until everything that can be restored will be restored. And then he will return. My church family, this is a promise to you and I as New Testament believers. You and I are living in this gap. Jesus will return again, but we're living in the gap of restoration. And God wants to restore to you. You know, I can understand that loss can be painful. It can be so painful sometimes that we, we only focus on the loss. We only focus on the loss. I can understand the hurt. I've been there. Let me just tell you, tell you a little bit about loss and let's talk about it for just a minute. What happens with loss, if you don't understand restoration, you can be so focused on what you lost, watch this, and when you're focused on the lost, on the loss, you're always focusing on your past. There are some of you have lost people, you've lost things, and you're not living in 2023. You're living in 2022. Because you continually rehearse in your mind your loss. And so what happens is there's a chain to the past. And I'm going to tell you what happens when you're chained to the past. You can start living a life that feels like you're in a prison. And in reality, when most of us are moving forward into this year, which I actually believe that this is the year of restoration for so many, that if you'll latch your faith to this promise, you will see this. Come on, we are in March. There's a whole year ahead of us. And I'm telling you, God can restore. But everybody look at me today. Hear me. If you continue to latch yourself to lost, what can happen is it'll rob you of your future. It'll rob you of your future. So here's the reality. We've got to start believing today. Let's start to receive today this for our life. Because here's, here's the two options that we have. Here's the two options. We can believe that God's word is true. We can believe for absolute restoration and receive that. Or you know what? We're just going to sit down and we're just going to accept. We just had a loss. And that's our whole life. Just going to live a limited life, a life of loss. Listen, I don't want to be insensitive today. I, I, I know loss can be devastating, and I'm not denying that. But we have a promise. You today, and I'm going to tell you what everybody in this room thinks. All of us, my loss is worse than your loss. Because my loss is worse than your loss, this promise doesn't apply. No, this promise doesn't apply to you because you're not latching your faith to this promise. That's why it doesn't matter what kind of loss. It doesn't even matter if your loss is worse than my loss. The reality of it is the promise is still the same for anybody who will take hold of it and say, you know what? I have a promise. I got a lot of problems, but you know what? I have a promise. Who has a promise today? So you can sit here and loss and what's going to happen is you can end up giving up. But can I just tell you, when you have a promise of restoration, it gets, it breeds hope in your life. That's what faith is. Faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. We can have an expectation that God is going to restore some things in our life. So let me just tell you this. Don't give up yet. Don't give up. God restores. Now, 
let's, let's preface this a little bit because some of us have suffered different kinds of loss. And maybe today you say, Pastor Phil, that's amazing, but I've literally had somebody pass away in my life. How can God restore? Listen, I'm not talking about that person necessarily, but what I am telling you is that God can restore relationships in your life that come alongside you, that can be in your life and actually help you, encourage you. I was telling our team this the other day. It seems interesting to me that when people or someone has always left my life, God brings along someone else better in my life that takes me to a place where the person who left my life couldn't take me. And I'm not, I'm not, I'm not dogging on them. I'm just saying I can be so attached to the loss that I don't live the kind of life that God has me because watch this. I idolize that person and I'm speaking, listen, I'm speaking from a place of, of authenticity today because I know what it's like to lose my dad. I, and, and he was very special to me. But you know what can I say? Although nobody will take his place, God has restored some people in my life that are still encouraging me and have become a father figure to me that are still helping me grow. Watch this. And taking me farther even than my father could. Can I hear a good amen today? But you can be so stuck in where you are with loss that you can't see the promise that God wants to put in your life. You may say, Pastor Phil, restoration, I'm already divorced. That's, you know, God's not going to restore that marriage. Oh no, I get it. But can I just tell you this? He can bring along somebody, come on, who's cuter, who's sweeter, who's nicer, who has more money. Come on, somebody who loves you more than anybody else, who will be faithful to you. But I'm so broken. You don't know I love them. Yeah. That's why you're not with them. You love them that much. And for some of us, it's not even our fault. It's their fault. But I'm going to tell you something. Today we're breaking chains. Because the restoration of what can God do and do in your life, I'm just telling you, it can come to a moment in your life where you look in the mirror, and this is my prophecy over your life, that at the end of 2023, you look in the mirror and you actually like the way you look. You can't even, who is that? Oh, that's me. After what God has done in my life, he's restored me. Come on. And then you look around, you have better friends, you have better people. You're like, what happened? And you say, God did it all because there's a promise of restoration. Are you glad you came to church today? But you're going to have to embrace this truth. You're going to have to. I know some of the loss has been deep. I'm sorry that you've had to encounter evil humans. They're out there, you know, and I think they're all at Costco. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I love you, Costco. Love your gas. <laughs> we laugh at this church. We actually believe that the Bible says in his presence is fullness of joy. Just, just so you know, and that his joy is our strength. I'm sorry for what you've gone through, but I want you to know something. Jesus is with you. He is the word and listen, and he's giving us a promise that he can restore your life. Would you look at me today? If God can create you, he can restore you. I don't even know where that came from. That was, that was kind of good, right? I think that's the Holy Spirit's like, Phil, get out of the way. Let me, let me speak. There's too much of you Costco talk stuff. Now listen, 
Restoration is absolutely a promise. But here's what you need to know. Restoration is a promise, yet here's number two. Recovery is a choice. Victory starts with a decision that I will be recovered. Can I ask you that question today? Will you be recovered? Will you be restored? That's significant. I think a lot of people will say, if God wants me to be restored, he'll do it. He doesn't work that way. He doesn't work with people without their faith or their belief system. You have to say yes. You know, when I came out of Bible college, I was, man, really excited. Man, they let me preach at church. I think I preached the whole Bible. Come on, somebody. I was just really, really excited. And I saw sick people. And I know what the Bible says. You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So I went over and there was a guy I had been talking to. And his leg was a little crippled, his right leg. So he came to church and he had a cane. So I just started talking to him. And then one Sunday, you know, I said, hey, his name was Tom. I said, hey, Tom, hey, could I pray with you? Could I pray? Do you believe that Jesus can heal your other leg? Come on, you got one good leg that works. Can he heal the other one? You guys seem confused. Do I need to give you multiple choice? (laughs) Can he heal the other one? And I said, come on, let's pray. He says, Let's listen. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, I, I believe that. But I, I, don't, I don't think we should pray. I said, what do you mean? I don't th- Why don't you want to pray? This is ex- his exact words. If God heals my leg, that means I'm not going to use my cane anymore. If I don't have my leg that's hurting, I'm going to lose my handicap sticker. He said, if I get healed with this leg, then I'm going to lose my disability. This is real. And he said, then I'm going to have to get a job. I said, well, job's in the Bible. It's a whole book. It's called, you say Job, I say job. Come on, somebody. It's this there. You say tomato, I say tomato. You say whatever. And I, nobody told me that people didn't want recovery. But see, you have to be careful because here's what we do as Christians sometimes. We'll see somebody like Tom in a church and we'll go, why doesn't God heal him? And guess who we blame? But you don't know his story. You don't know that he has not made a decision to want to be recovery, recovered. And that's why I'm asking you today because it's easy not to be recovered. You know why? Because you get pity from people. There's a tension that comes to your life. Oh, what's wrong? And then we're like, yeah, yeah, in Jesus' name. That's the kind of church we are. And then two months go by. We love you, praise God. Three months go by, four months, a year. And you're still in the same place. Now we're like, hey, man, get into the word and start to pray. But here's my question. Do you want to be recovered? Because God's not going to recover you by accident. He's going to recover you because you say, God, I need recovery in my life. Help me. Do for me what I cannot do for myself. I need recovery. 
I'm going to tell you something. You may not come back to the church when I tell you this, but I'm probably going to be more honest than you. I'm a preacher and I'm still in recovery in certain things in my life because it's a process sometimes, right? I Listen, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can, but God has so changed me. But every day I'm willing to say, God, recover me. I want to be healed. Can I hear a good amen today? But some people don't want to be recovered. They want to make excuses. They want to push blame on people. You know, when I was 19 years old, I had a decision to make because I never met my real father. The father who had passed away was the father that had adopted me. Now I've heard that both of my fathers have passed away, my natural father and my adopted father, but I had never met my real father. And I remember at 19 years old, when I got down on my knees, I was about to give my life to the Lord because I was really going to commit suicide. And I said, you know, this is, Lord, if you're there, I've heard about you. I need your help. But there was this thought that came into my mind and I felt like it was the Lord. And he said this, how long are you going to blame your dad for not being in your life? He said, are you going to be 60 years old sitting on a rocking chair? And it's like, my dad wasn't there for me. You know what would happen? I would waste my life. And yet here God has promises to give us an abundant life, full of life, so you don't have to live a less than life, but you can't do it unless you decide to be recovered. This is what Peter said. He said, Acts chapter three, verse 19, he said this, repent therefore and be converted. You know, repentance in the Greek is a very simple word. It means this. It means to change your mind. It's metanoia, to change your mind. Before anything in your life changes, your mind has to change. Before your life changes, your mind has to change. You have to think differently. And repentance in the Greek, it means to change your mind. Listen, to change your mind for the better, to think differently. See, today, watch, let me, let me give you a simple, a simple repentance. Right now, when I just said God has an abundant life for you, if you said in your mind, I want that. I don't want the life I had or even have. I want the abundant life. You just repented. You changed your mind. See, I know sometimes we think repentance is coming down to the altar and having snot bubbled. <laughs> Some people do, but sometimes it's not always that as the word of God is going forth and you're going, amen to that. I want to be recovered. Guess what? You're repenting in your mind. You're changing your mind to something better. It's real simple. It means to reconsider. And if you'll change your thinking about God today, if you'll believe for restoration, Peter says this, watch, you'll step into refreshing. The times of refreshing don't come without changing your mind. Let me say it this way. The times of refreshing don't come without repentance. Listen, I'm not the smartest crayon in the box. But I will tell you this, if there's a nicer box, a bigger box, and it's going to be my box, I'm going to go for it. And if God says that that's my box, he says I can have that box, this crayon is jumping into the next box. I'm not Einstein, but I will tell you this, if God says that there's a better life for me, I want a better life. I'm glad four people think that way. This word refreshing is, is so amazing because it literally means this, to recover from the effects of the heat. Listen, it means to relieve. Some of you today, you need relief. You need relief. Some of you today, 
This word in the Greek means this, to revive. This is what God will do for you. Here's, here's the, the picture of this word refreshing. You walking in from the heat into the refreshing air conditioner. Have you ever done that in the summer in the hundred? What is it? It gets like 115, 135 here, right? Listen, you do not want to go to hell, all right? If you struggle with Temecula and Inland Empire heat, you do not want to go to hell. That's the refreshing that comes that God wants to bring in your life. Can I hear a good amen today? And Peter says that if you'll change your mind, look what happens. I love the way the message translation says this in Romans chapter five or 17. It says, if death got the upper hand through one man's wrongdoing, can you imagine the breathtaking recovery life makes? What kind of life is that? That's the life that Jesus gives you. Look at me this morning. When you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, when you repent and say, I repent of my sin, Jesus, I believe that you are the sacrifice of my sin of what you did on the cross. Here's what he does. He forgives you of your sin, but he imparts his life. In the Greek, it's a Zoe life. It's the, the literal definition is the life that God himself enjoys. He imparts into you. But see, here's what we try to do. We try to live life for God without his life in us. You know what that is? That's legalism. That is pure religion. Trying to use our works, even without the life of God in us, to please God. And I just want to tell you, I tried it for many years. You cannot live for God unless you have his life in you first. Oh, I want to say that again because I think it's good. You cannot even live for God unless you receive his life in you first. See, I could, I could, I could, I'm going to tell you in a lot of preaching here today, you hear about living for God, living for God, living for God. How much preaching do you hear about God living through you? It's the difference because you can't live for him unless he lives through you. You hear what I'm saying? So you get frustrated because you better live for God. You better live for God. We need to live for God, but you can't do it until he imparts his life into you. And then you live for him with the life that he gave you. That my friends is the grace of God. That my friends is God's grace in your life. And that's what happens. See, religion focuses on the behavior on the outer man. Grace focuses on the inner man. Can I hear a good amen today? Listen, religion focuses on what you got to do. Grace focuses on what Jesus already did on the cross. And so if I understand and put my faith in what he did on the cross, guess what? I will live for him. When I understand that he changes my heart and my habits won't change until my heart changes, then I will live for him. But most of the focus is on what we do. I'm going to tell you, this church is going to help you repent and change your mind to focus not on what you're doing, but on what he did on the cross, on the finished work of Jesus Christ, that we are forgiven. My church family, if we'll shift our mind to what he did, you will find because it is done, now I can do. Let me say that again. Because it is done, now I can do. Are you glad you came to church today? Romans five seventeen it says this. It continues in the message. Can you imagine this breathtaking recovery life makes sovereign life? Listen to this. In those who grasp with both hands this wildly extravagant life gift. 
Do you know that you didn't do anything to deserve God giving you his life? He simply gave it because he loves you so much. All we have to do is receive that life, repent and say, God, I want your life. And then I have people who say, God life? Oh, you haven't seen my life. My life's amazing. It's incredible. And I would tell you, you haven't seen nothing yet. Because God can do more than you can even ask, think, or imagine. According to the power that works in us. But God wants to restore our lives. Here's number three. I think it's important as times get tough that in this we keep our heart tender in the tough times. I'm talking to you about God restoring you even despite what's going on around you, but you're going to have to keep your heart tender. And let me tell you this, my church family, God will help you. You say, Pastor Phil, is it really possible for me to get my life back? I'm telling you, God wants you to get your life back. And listen, and he wants to give you even more than you had before. And that's number four. I want to close with this. When God restores, he doesn't restore just what you lost. When God restores, it's always more than what you lost. Yeah, you can give him a good round of applause. Listen, my friends, listen, when we think restoration, we always think back to the original. I've never seen a show that they just restore back to the original. Every time they restore, it's always better than what they thought. That's the God kind of restoration. Listen, you may have some friends that have walked out. I'm telling you, God has better friends for your life. You may have just gone through a huge divorce and you don't know. I'm telling you, God has somebody better for your life. He doesn't want just mediocre. We don't serve a mediocre God. We serve an abundant God. And God will always restore more than what you lost. I'm going to show you this over the next week and the next weeks because I'm going to go through some scenarios. I'm going to show you some story in the Bible where you can latch on to these promises. Not because Pastor Phil said it, but because Jesus said it and it's in his word. But let me just show you something as we end today. Even in the Old Testament, Exodus chapter 22, verse 1. This is under the law, my church family. Listen to this. It says in Exodus 22, 21, if a man steals an ox or a sheep and kills it and sells it, he shall repay five oxens for an ox, four sheep for one sheep. Watch this. Even in the Old Testament, we're not even getting to the New Testament. Even in the Old Testament, under the law, restoration was twice what you lost, three times what you lost, seven times what was stolen from you. If one person gets this. And here we are. See, here's why I had to repent. Because I always thought too small. I always thought, watch this. Oh man, I'm just thankful that I came out of the pandemic. I'm thankful that I'm alive. Gratitude is good. But let me just say this. Gratitude is the seed for more, right? Because some of us, man, we just made it through and we're surviving. And I feel like I'm thankful. But let me just tell you this. What I'm saying today, God is like, I'm happy you're thankful, but you need to understand the promise of restoration because everything the pandemic took from you, I want to restore from you. I want to restore for you. I want to restore opportunities for you. The money that you lost during the pandemic, I want to restore to you. 
you. The people in this church who left and moved to Texas and we lost and we lost finances. Guess what? God is going to restore to us better than it was before. Because I used to think, Lord, I'm just so thankful that we have a church and I am so grateful. But God says, listen, Phil, you're thinking too small. You're believing too small. You need to latch yourself on this promise that says everything that the enemy took. I don't know about you, but during the pandemic, the enemy robs me of some things. Why are you being so strong? Because I want my stuff back. I want my stuff back. I want my finances back. And here's the reality. The enemy has no right to steal, but he comes in and God says he's going to have to repay. So why do people don't step into this? Because they've never heard a message like this. And I'm telling you, this is where I had to repent to go, God, I was just thinking too small. The reality of it is, The devil owes me a lot. And you know what? He'll keep it and he'll keep you deceived and he'll keep it unless that's why the Bible says my people perish for a lack of knowledge. And today the promise is coming to you. The promise is coming to you. And it's saying, God is saying, I want to restore to you. I want to restore what the devil has stolen. I want to, I want you to get it all back and more. I want you to, you know, Pastor Phil, why does God do this? I'm going to tell you why. One reason, because you're his child. And when you walk in restoration, it brings him glory. Brings him glory. And you know what I started to do? I started to make a list of everything. My church family, I'm going to share this with you and then we're going to close. Our church before the pandemic was hitting huge momentum. 250 people My wife and I moved from Texas over 10 years ago to start this church. I was in a youth ministry of 800 kids. I was the youth pastor. And we left everything, sold our home that we just bought. And we came and we moved out. We moved from Egypt, Texas, come on, into the promised land. The Gold Coast is the best coast. That's what I say. And we had planted blood, sweat, and tears, loving people, praying for people. The church was growing, finances were growing, and then the pandemic hit. People were moving. It's like the enemy came in for two and a half years, and he destroyed a lot. He destroyed relationships. He destroyed finances in people's lives. And listen, look at me, my church family. This year is your year of restoration. I'm going to say it again. This year is your year of restoration. Listen, not just finances in your body. Some of you have sicknesses. Some of you have after effects of COVID. Listen, it's time to recover. It's time for restoration. I'm not just talking, oh, before COVID, I just had COPD. And then, you know, that's it. 
I'm not talking about going back to just having COPD. I'm talking about total restoration where you're totally healed, totally whole, because God restores to you more than you had before. Come on, if you believe it, give him a good round of applause today because restoration is coming. Come on, stand with me today. Come on, say, my restoration is coming. I'm going to recover. Come on, say it with me. Say, restoration is coming. Say, my recovery is coming. Come on, it's on its way. Devil, you have to let go in Jesus' name and I will be restored. I will recover in Jesus' name. I'm not going to be the way I used to be. Oh, things may have been good, but it's about to get better. Come on, say it's about to get better. Come on, say it's about to get better. Come on, God is taking you from where you are to where he wants you to be. Come on, somebody. Come on, we need to praise in advance like it's happening. Well, my healing is here. I'm not going to go back. I'm going forward. I'm going to be restored. Listen, you're going to have to accept restoration and you're going to have to start rejecting what has happened to you. I'm not saying it didn't happen to you. It happened. But for some of us, that is the the primary thought. I want you to walk out of here today reminding yourself that God is going to restore everything and more. Say that with me. Say, God is going to restore everything and more. Come on, you lost a dog during COVID. You're getting four dogs. Maybe God will bless you with a cat. No, that's the devil. Come on, somebody. I wonder how many of you in this room, your business was hurting because of COVID. God sees it, but you're going to have to claim it and say, I'm going to be restored. I'm getting back what has been taken. Bow your heads for a moment. Father, in the name of Jesus today, today we we hold on to this promise. Come on, I just feel the presence of the Lord for just a moment. As a sign, as a symbol that you are going to receive restoration, would you let's just lift up both of your hands as a sign that you surrender the past and you say, I will recover. I will be restored. I will be restored. I will be recovered, God. Come on, healing's taking place right now. I'm telling you right now, God can heal your body. You can walk out of here different than you came in. Restoration. Some of you haven't been refreshed in a long time. You've been overwhelmed. And God says, if you'll just change your mind, believe in this promise. You're not just going to get your life back the way it was before. God's going to give you more. Lord, we receive that today. We receive it today. Thank you for listening today. We hope that you were encouraged and uplifted by today's message. For more information about Passion Life Church, visit us online at passionlifechurch.com.